You're listening to Unveiling the Magic Podcast, where newcomers and seasoned Potterheads are all welcome. Hello, and welcome back to Unveiling the Magic. In this episode, we'll be talking about the first week at Hogwarts. We officially meet Professor Snape, have some rock cakes, but no tea with Hagrid. Gryffindor and Slytherins have flying lessons together, where the youngest house player in about a century is born. Then we end the week with a midnight stroll that leads the kids into the Forbidden Corridor. We're talking about chapters 8 and 9 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. My name is Laura. I'm Joni. And I'm Priscilla. And we're launching our episode. So the day that we record this, we launch our record. We, we launch our episode in like two days. Yes, so Sunday, right? Three days. Three days. Oh yes, what? I said that. <laughs> so today's <laughs> Thursday. It's Thursday night. So I guess it's almost Friday, but it's very late Thursday <laughs> night, the twenty eighth, and we're officially going to launch. So you guys are listening to us episode five, but at this point, we've already recorded four episodes, but we haven't actually mm-hmm. released any of them. So I guess Sunday, the 31st will be the day, but today's the day that we actually talked about it. So it's exciting. Yes. It's exciting. So it's official. Yes. And we're really excited. And I did see our podcast on Spotify for like five minutes and I was like, oh my God. Oh. I, I listened. I, I didn't know it was going to launch though, but yeah. I listened to it for about five minutes, and my child screamed through the entirety of it, so Aww. I heard nothing. But it was really exciting to see that. It's launch week, Sunday. Well, it's the beginning of the week, Sunday, so launch week. And I think we said that we're going to release episodes from then on every Monday. Mm-hmm. So you guys are going to have Sunday, Monday for the first week, and then from then on, it'll be Mondays. By now, you probably know that because this is episode five, <laughs> and you've already listened to five of them, so... <laughs> Thank you for listening. This is just us figuring out the logistics in yes. front of you. Okay, so I've got chapter eight, The Potions Master. We left off last episode with Joni's lovely rendition of the Hogwarts school song and Harry going to bed happy and full. It was maybe the cause of his weird dream that he ended up not remembering. So Harry and Ron get through their first week at Hogwarts. All around the corridors, people are staring and whispering about the Potter boy, but there are 142 staircases that change and move daily that Harry doesn't have time to worry about them. He's worried about trying to find his classes, but he does wish that everyone would stop whispering and staring. Harry and Ron try their best to navigate the castle with some help from the ghost, unless they're floating through you, but Peeves, the poltergeist, seems to like to pelt the students with chalk or pull rugs from under them. We also learn about grumpy Argus Filch, the caretaker of Hogwarts, and his patrol cat, Mrs. Norris. So the first week of classes for Gryffindors went something like this. Studying the night skies through telescopes every Wednesday at midnight and learning the names of the different stars and planets. This was in astronomy class. They have Herbology with Professor Spout, Spout, (laughs) Professor Sprout, where they learn about plants and fungi and their uses. History and Magic is with Professor Binns, who's a ghost. Wait, is Sprout like a sprout, like a flower, like a plant? Yeah. Interesting. Like that tie-in? Yeah. 
Sorry, I just realized that as I read that. I'm like, wait, what? Was born to be the herbology professor, I guess. All right. So Professor Binns is a ghost. He died when he fell asleep in the staff room and it caught on fire and he woke up and just continued teaching class. This is by far the most boring class of Harry's and probably most students feel the same way. They have charms with Professor Flitwick and transfiguration with Professor McGonagall. They practice turning a matchstick into a needle. Hermione was the only one to make a difference in her match. It turned silver and pointy. Defense against the dark arts with Professor Quirrell. His classmates smelled of... (laughs) His classroom smelled of garlic and the students thought it was to ward off a vampire. He met To be fair, they probably did smell like garlic when they left the room. When they walked out. So <laughs> gross. I mean, I love garlic, yeah. but I don't want to smell like garlic. So the turban he wears, he says, was a gift from an African prince as a thank you for getting rid of the zombie. But he couldn't explain how he did it. To Harry's relief, there was plenty of other students who... Ne- never knew that they were witches or wizards while they're growing up in the muggle world. Even kids like Ron, who did grow up in the wizarding with wizarding families, still had so much to learn. So Harry was just really relieved that it was more of an even playing field than he originally thought because he was really nervous about not knowing anything. He wasn't the only one. At breakfast on Friday, Harry gets his first mail brought to him by Hedwig. It's a note from Hagrid inviting him to his hut after his class with Snape. Harry was definitely looking forward to this visit. And I just remember saying earlier that I'm happy that Hagrid sent him a note and invited him after his first week to a new school, learning all these new things. And I'm sure Hagrid was like a familiarity for him at the end of the week. Yeah, that was really sweet and thoughtful, I think. Yeah. It's like a little check-in. Did you make any friends? <laughs> oh, you brought one. A Weasley. Of course. <laughs> oh. But first, Snape's potions class. So he already had a bad feeling about Professor Snape. After the weird pain in his forehead he got during the feast, but the relationship is going to get worse. And it will continue for the next few years, Harry. Sorry. Potions are in the cold dungeons of the castle. When Snape does roll call and gets to Harry's name, Snape calls him our new celebrity. Professor Snape has cold, dark eyes that make you think of dark tunnels. He spoke to the class in barely more than a whisper, but he kept his classes silent with little effort. When talking a little bit about Potion's class, he said, I can teach you how to bottle fame, brew glory, and even stopper death. Then Professor Snape decides to quiz Harry on things that he knows Harry doesn't know because he didn't grow up in the wizarding world. I don't think most kids their age know any of these questions. What would I get if I added powdered root of asphodel to an infusion of wormwood? And Harry's like, I don't know. Where would you look if I told you to find me a bezoar? Bezoar. 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 <laughs> Bees are. <laughs> Jim Dale says we should have a running tally of the words, words that we, we can't pronounce. Yeah, okay. we really well, should. Nuts, canuts. <laughs> Bees are. I feel like there's a third one. There it was about Hermione. 
the first episode, but that was just like yeah, and prefects as perfects, but <laughs> prefects, perfects. Wait, so you said that in the movie and Jim Dale they say it differently? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think in the movie they just say bizarre, bizarre. I don't remember. I was just all I know is when I heard Jim Dale say it, I was like, okay, that's fancy, fancy. Sounds French. He's like bezoir. Yeah, bezoir. Everything sounds nicer with Jim Dale, though. He makes everything sound fancier. Yeah, that's probably no, what like it is. There's like one thing that he says weird. What? I don't remember what it is. <laughs> you can't say that and not remember what it is. <laughs> I just remember when I would listen to it, I'm like, I don't like that. I also don't like his voice for Hermione. Oh. Hi. I can't remember. <laughs> really? It's like that. Oh. <laughs> I really like his voice for Hagrid and Professor McGonagall because I think he does them pretty well. I haven't actually listened to him. It's pretty good. Uh, okay. And then what's the difference, Potter, between monkshood and wolfsbane? Harry did not know the answers to these questions, but sassy Harry replied, I think Hermione does, though. Why don't you try her? Oof. Hermione is practically jumping up and down from for Snape to call on her for the answers. And the answers were Asphodel and Wormwood make a sleeping potion so powerful it is known as the Draught of Living Death. And a Bezoa is a stone taken from the stomach of a goat and it will save you from most poisons. And then Monkshood and Wolfsbane are the same plant which goes by the name Aconite. I believe. Then Snape goes, why aren't you writing this down? And everyone starts scribbling. Um, but not before Snape actually takes another point from Gryffindor because of Harry's cheek. Sassy Harry. Always getting him in trouble. Cheek. His cheek. That's an interesting way of putting it. I like that saying. Yeah. I mean, it's very we don't English. Ever yeah. <laughs> Cheeky. Um, unfortunately, the class continues to suck. They were attempting to brew a simple potion to cure boils, but Neville managed to melt Seamus' cauldron, and the potion seeped across the floor, melting everyone's shoes, so they were standing on chairs and tables. Snape cleared the mess and called Neville an idiot boy. Oh. Rude. Wait, so how many people had to buy new shoes because of this situation? <laughs> Probably or all of them. could you fix it with magic? Oh, of course. Yeah. Maybe like maybe when Snape cleared the potion, he like fixed everyone's shoes. You think Snape would do that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That kind of sounds too nice. So that's unlikely. Yeah. Okay. Seamus had to take Neville to the hospital wing because he got drenched in the potion and red boils sprang all over his arms and legs. Somehow, Snape blames Harry for not helping Neville. Why didn't you tell him not to add the porcupine quills? And he takes another point from Gryffindor. What a bunch of BS. What is up with this guy? That's what I said. (laughs) I'm just going to say this now. Clear the air. Professor Snape is one of my favorite characters. And people will give me crap about it. Cough, Mm -hmm. cough, Joni. You don't like Snape, Joni? say... She okay. has strong feelings when we get into conversations. I have very strong feelings when I get going, and I can't say them. Like I can't, I can't yeah. even like. Okay, so strong feelings against Snape, not pro Snape, right? Yeah, 
Gotcha. Like, I understand when people are just like, well, he's such a good, well-written character. I agree with yes. that. But there's a big butt. <laughs> <laughs> I like big butts. That's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later. Not in this book. Not in this book. <laughs> we have wow. to finish the series to get into that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, wow is, yeah. Buckle in, guys. It. <laughs> it's worth it. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I overwhelm people when they try and open the discussion of Snape. Yeah, yes. <laughs> she becomes intimidating. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm interested to see this or hear this. Yeah, you just got to keep reading, Priscilla. <laughs> yeah, well, I, no matter how much further I read, <laughs> we still have to talk about it chapter by chapter. Yes, okay. After class, though... It's Hagrid time. Yay, Hagrid time. Ron asked to come with, and this is the first visit to Hagrid's hut. There's rock tape, rock tapes. Ooh, some rock tape. Rock cakes, <laughs> tea, and fang. Hagrid's boarhound. But Hagrid does not spill the tea when Harry expresses that he thinks Snape hates him already. Why? Why does Snape hate Harry? Why? We don't know yet. We don't. Oh, Priscilla does know a little bit. Yeah, I only know whatever, like, you know, that Snape and Harry's dad didn't get along. There's more. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Obviously, there's more. There's seven books. Oh, my God. Is Snape <laughs> Harry's father? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Star Wars story. <laughs> I am your father. Okay, go ahead. So, he didn't spill the tea on why Snape hates him or when inquiring about the Gringotts break-in. On Hagrid's table, which I find this interesting, is a cutting of the Daily Prophet. Um, it was more about the break-in in Gringotts, and it actually tells him that it happened on the 31st of July, the day that Harry and Hagrid visited the bank, which Harry didn't realize when Ron was telling him on the train about the break-in. He didn't realize what day it was. Mm. So... In this clipping, it says it, so that got Harry thinking. So did Hagrid cut out a piece of the newspaper? Yeah, that's what I find interesting, was like, the Daily Prophet wasn't on the table. It was actually a cutting. He was saving this for something, or maybe he was... was, part of that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's for a scrapbook. Yeah. A scrapbook. It's something Laura would do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. For the memories. But yeah, I, I would definitely take this clipping. And put it in a scrapbook. <laughs> yes. So in the clipping, it said nothing was taken, and Harry knew that Haggard emptied a vault 713 earlier that day, too. I put curious. Very curious. That's Wait, so kind of- the clipping doesn't say what vault was taken no, out? No, but Harry the movie. ended up remembering. Okay, because in the movie, it says the vault number. Gringotts Globbins today insisted that nothing had been taken. The vault wa- that was searched had in fact been emptied the same day. But we're not telling you what was in there, so keep your noses out if you know what's good for you, said a Gringotts spokes goblin this afternoon. Yeah, so it doesn't say the actual number. Yeah, but Harry knew. And so when Harry and Ron go back to the castle, Harry's just thinking about all this, and he's just like, I know it had to have been that. But that was the end of chapter eight, I believe. It's Priscilla's turn. Okay, so it looks like I have 
the first half of chapter nine, which is the midnight duel. Duel. Mm-hmm. This chapter starts off with, I guess, talking about how Harry thought he did never hate someone as much as he hated Dudley, his cousin. If you guys don't remember who Dudley is. <laughs> uh, but then came Draco Malfoy. Now, since Harry was House Gryffindor and Draco was Slytherin, they didn't really see each other much aside from the one class they had together, which was the potions class. That is until they found out that flying lessons were starting soon and Gryffindor and Slytherin would be learning together. Dun, dun, dun. Harry was super excited about flying or about learning to fly. But once he found out that Malfoy would now be partaking in the learning, he was a little bit uneasy and kind of I, I would think he would be frustrated like great i was excited about this one thing and now yeah i have to do it in front of this guy that's a jerk and i don't like him pretty much yeah and he's probably like self-conscious like this kid has probably been flying like yeah because malfoy would constantly brag about being great at it oh yeah and harry would also listen to the other students tell stories about their adventures on broomsticks so harry was excited but also nervous And it talks about Neville and Hermione also being nervous, which to me came as a surprise because Hermione's never nervous. She's always like prepared and she's always like, I mean, I guess she might be nervous, but her character is not really shown like that. And she got to the point where she was reading about Quidditch. She starts, I guess, the day of the first flying lesson, she kind of starts schooling them from what she's read she's in the cafeteria telling them oh this is what i read and i think the book i wrote i wrote it here somewhere quidditch through the ages you have it <laughs> laura has a copy i just found it today. did you read it have you read it no i haven't i forgot that i had it i've had it all oh my gosh time. you have to read it <laughs> lots of fun facts you can school us on yes uh, so everyone was relieved when mail delivery came that day because it interrupted Hermione's rant. <laughs> Harry realized he hadn't received any mail since he got Hagrid's note, which was kind of sad. And yeah. of course, Malfoy never failed to notice it either, which is very much his character. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we realized that Neville gets a pock. A- a package he gets a package <laughs> neville gets a package from his grandma he opens it he's super excited and it turns out to be a glass ball it's the size of a large marble full of white smoke it looks like and he says this is a remembrall is that right is that how you say it Rem- yeah. remembrall remembrall <laughs> um so basically what this does is it tells you if you've forgotten something and Neville holds it up and he shows them, he's like, look, you hold it tight and it'll turn red. If you forgot something, it literally instantly turns like scarlet. So he's like, crap, I've, I've forgotten something. So Neville's here sitting here just trying to figure out what, it, what he's forgotten when Draco walks by and snatches it out of his hand. And Harry instantly gets up and he's like, give it back. And then they basically were about to go at it when Professor McGonagall stops them and says, what's going on here? That's kind of where that's left. The thing about the remember all, what's the use of telling me that I forgot something? When you don't tell me what I forgot. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. Like, how am I supposed to know what I forgot? I forgot it. So it's like, hmm, let me go down the list of things that I possibly would forget. I probably won't remember those. Yeah. 
I don't see that being helpful. Yeah. Grandma. Yeah, Grandma. (laughs) (laughs) So that afternoon, Harry, Ron, and the other Gryffindors. I like how it was written that way. I was like, Harry, Ron, and the other Gryffindors. I'm like, okay. And the others. Yeah. We don't care about them. Went down to the grounds for their first flying lesson. The Slytherins were already there. And when they approached, basically they saw 20 broomsticks lying in neat lines on the ground. Their teacher, who is a new character that we are introduced to, is Madame Hooch. Mm -hmm. She has short gray hair and yellow eyes like a hawk. I think they did a really good job, by the way, casting her on the movie. They did that really well. She told them all to stand by a broomstick. She told them to stick out their right hand over their broom and say up. Harry's broom jumped into his hand at once, but it was one of the few that did, which to me, I was like, yay, Harry. He actually like, you know, is good at something, huh? Yeah. Excelling. (laughs) Hermione's just rolled over. Poor Hermione. She's like, I'm not used to this. I'm always great. (laughs) And Neville's didn't even move. Harry thought perhaps the brooms could sense if someone was scared or nervous. Madame Hooch then showed them how to mount their brooms and went down the rows correcting their grips. Harry and Ron were delighted to hear Madame Hooch tell Draco he had been doing it wrong for years, which I feel like I would take pleasure in that as well if I were them. She then directs them to kick off the ground until she blew her whistle. Neville, being nervous and frightened of being left on the ground, he pushed back hard way before she even had her mouth to the whistle. He shot up 12 feet, then 20 feet. Everyone's just staring at him and he's basically scared up there, (laughs) just like flying his broomstick. Never have done it before. Harry sees his scared white face look down, slip sideways off the broom, and wham! Neville fell face down. He ended up breaking his wrist, which I'm like, this guy cannot catch a break. He freaking got like burnt in potions class. And then he's over here breaking his wrist, trying to fly. I'm like, poor guy. I feel so bad for him. Intro to wizarding school. I know, right? Constant injuries. Poor thing. So Madame Hooch had to take him to the hospital wing. She basically warns the students, like, if you guys touch a broom, if you do anything, you guys stay here. If they mess with anything, they'd be out of Hogwarts before they could say Quidditch. Malvoy, of course, thinks this is hilarious. Basically, that Neville broke his wrist, got hurt. He's making fun of him along with the other Slytherins they join in. I don't know if this this particular character is important, but I didn't want to like not say their name because it's a very, it's like a one liner. Okay, shut up, Malfoy! Snapped Parvati Patil. Then uh, Slytherin, ooh, sticking up for a long bottom, said Pansy Parkinson. A hard-faced Slytherin girl. Never thought you'd like fat little crying babies per body, which I thought that was mean. Yeah, Pansy is mean. But that's like another, I guess, indication of how... Why people view Slytherins. Yeah, why people view Slytherins as like mean and like, you know, I feel like that's just how they were written. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. me reading it for the first time, I'm like, oh, I would never want to hang out with the Slytherins. Like, yeah. they're mean, they're evil, and they're just written as bullies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I guess the way you can think of it is these are Draco's group of friends. True. And we may not hear of the other Slytherins, even though they are grouped together a lot of the times. So, you know, they're they're having this like back and forth and Malfoy then realizes something's on the floor. He darts forward and picks up the Remembra that Neville dropped on the grass. Harry tells Malfoy, give it back. 
He messes with Harry and instigates by saying he's going to leave it somewhere for Neville to find, maybe up on the tree. So you know what this means. Malfoy gets on the broom with the remember in his hand and goes up. Harry gets frustrated and mounted his broom as well, kicked hard against the ground and up, up he went. And in a rush of fierce joy, he realized he'd found something he could do without being taught. So it was a very happy moment for Harry, but all at the same time, he was trying to (laughs) chase Malfoy. Uh, He turned his broomstick sharply to face Malfoy. Give it here, I'll knock you off. I want to make sure I like read this. Okay. Oh yeah, said Malfoy, trying to sneer, but looking worried. Harry knew somehow what to do. He leaned forward and grasped the broom tightly in both hands and it shot toward Malfoy like a javelin. Malfoy only just got out of the way in time. Harry made a sharp about face and held the broom steady. A few people below were clapping. No crab and goyle up here to save your neck, Malfoy, Harry called. The same thought seemed to have struck Malfoy. Catch it if you can, then, he shouted, and he threw the glass ball high into the air and streaked back toward the ground. So basically, Malfoy just gives up at that point. He's just like, you know, he's like, oh my gosh, Harry's actually pretty good at this. This is what I'm (laughs) guessing he's thinking. And he throws the ball thinking Harry can't get it. Yeah, he probably didn't. He probably didn't think Harry was just going to hop on his broom and know what he's doing. Exactly. And so at this point, he's like, oh, crap, he probably can do something. So once Malfoy goes down, Harry then launches down. He basically nose dives with his broomstick to get the remember all. He stretched out his hand a foot from the ground. He caught it just in time to pull his broom straight. And he toppled gently onto the grass with the remember all clutched safely in his fist. Then we hear Harry Potter. It was Professor McGonagall. She was almost speechless. Could you imagine? She scares me. She intimidates me. Yeah. I know if she was the one that caught me doing her. something, I would be. Yeah, I really like her too. But it's just like she's like an intimidating like professor. I feel like I know. I want to be her. So Professor McGonagall, she was almost speechless. She told Harry to follow her. So at this point, we're all like thinking, "Crap, Harry's gonna get in trouble." All of the classmates are thinking that, especially Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle. It says they have this triumphant face faces Mm -hmm. on basically like haha you got it because at this point draco was already on the ground so it's not like he was seeing you know so it's kind of like that part in like shows or movies or books you're kind of like oh that's not fair like no one saw draco up there and harry's the one getting in trouble you know yeah and i remember as you're reading you're like what's gonna happen like this is literally the beginning of the book is he gonna be expelled like yeah there's so much more book (laughs) yeah exactly like what are we writing about over here so he followed her without saying a word it was basically they were just walking through the halls in like silence and harry's over here like what's gonna happen to me he's having all these thoughts and he's like maybe she's taking me to dumbledore he thought of Hagrid and how he was expelled, but was allowed to stay and work. He's over here like thinking, maybe that'll be me. Yeah, he wanted to be his like little assistant. Yeah. He was just like, I don't want to just carry his bag though. It's like, I, I don't want to watch my friends graduate and me do nothing. I would hate that. <laughs> Honestly, I'd rather just go like not be there. Yeah, it'd probably be easier. Yeah. I don't know. Dursleys are pretty bad. Yeah. True. That's in true. In my head, I was just like, well, he has money. I'm like, yeah, let's imagine an 11 year old <laughs> just being I mean, like, I need to buy an apartment. Oh. <laughs> 
He followed her. Okay, yes. I was. Uh, they stopped outside of a classroom. It was Professor uh, Flitwick's classroom. So Professor McGonagall says, excuse me, Professor Flitwick, could I borrow wood for a moment? I thought this was funny, by the way. Um, was wood a cane she was going to use on him? This is Harry's thought. Oh was she going to hit him? going to beat him? Like what? Oh my gosh. That was hilarious. When I read that, I'm like, this literally he thought she was going to beat him. <laughs> um but no wood turned out to be a person actually a fifth year boy <laughs> they went into a classroom that was empty except for peeves and <laughs> professor mcgonagall was like get out of here uh pretty much she kicked him out and introduced harry to oliver wood she says i found you a seeker wood was surprised and couldn't believe it she talks about how harry's a natural on the broomstick she's never seen anything like it so in this moment, I started seeing a different side to Professor McGonagall because she was like competitive. She was like yes. talking about Harry, like, let's do this. Like, we need <laughs> to get this done. I was like, OK. Um, so she was like super excited to have found him. We find out Wood is a captain of the Gryffindor team, which makes sense because Professor McGonagall, I thought she's the, uh, what is she for Gryffindor? The, the house. head of house. House head house head 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 of house head of house (laughs) house head (laughs) so that makes sense she's trying to it says uh yeah she's trying to help gryffindor win but i think specifically it says oh yeah okay she so basically what is like oh very nice light speedy we'll have to get him a decent broom professor a nimbus 2000 or a clean sweep seven i'd say she says, I shall speak to Professor Dumbledore and see if we can bend the first year rule. So basically, the first years were not supposed to have their own broomsticks or be in or even play Quidditch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Heaven knows we need a better team than last year. Flattened in that last match by Slytherin. I couldn't look at Severus Snape in the face for weeks. <laughs> so I was like, oh, she's a little competitive. So basically, she looks at Harry and tells him she expects him to train hard. And then she softens up and she smiles at him, which is probably my favorite part of this whole encounter. And she says, your father would have been proud. He was an excellent Quidditch player himself. Mm. That's so sweet. I love McGonagall and Harry. Yes. Their relationship is just yeah, great. Very different than Hagrid and and Harry's but still a very positive one for Harry. Yeah. And I think this is like the first, like one of the first things he ever finds out about his dad, really, that he also played Quidditch. Yeah. And it's like, it's nice for Harry to know that he also can be, I mean, he's already a natural is what they're saying. And so for him to feel like he's taken something from his dad, you know? Yes. That connection. It's really sweet. Yeah warm fuzzy feelings yeah i forgot it would have been good if i actually looked up exactly but professor mcgonagall actually used to play professional quidditch but she played professional i think so right oh maybe not maybe it wasn't her but she played definitely for gryffindor when she was in school yeah i don't think she did professional because i'm pretty sure she went straight to the ministry and then oh my god what am i typing Ugh. McGonagall. Right, I'm a liar. Yeah, you are. Yeah. She just really likes Quidditch, and she has, like, a favorite <laughs> team. Okay. Okay, so she didn't play professional, but she did play, 
pray. She did pray. She played for uh, for Hogwarts. Joni. Let me find my notes. Baloney. So upon this news, Harry immediately tells Ron because that's what best friends do. Um, they establish that he is the first to make the team in a century. And Harry does tell Ron to keep it quiet because Oliver wants to keep Harry as the <laughs> team's secret weapon. He's the first first year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, did I not say that? You just said the first. I just wanted to uh, specify. Yeah. Oopsies. No, no, it's fine. I was also just thinking about this when Priscilla was talking about it, like how they don't allow first years to be on the team. And I'm like, you know, that actually makes a lot of sense with Why? how aggressive quidditch is and Imagine they're 11 a tiny 11 year old <laughs> oh up yeah against a 17 year old yeah that sounds insane and it only works for harry because he doesn't really interact with the other players anywho so fred and george congratulate harry they are on the quidditch team as well and they're excited to see how good harry was because oliver was nearly skipping when he told them <laughs> about harry i wonder how bad last year was I know. Oliver seemed to like be so thrilled. Harry learns that Gryffindor hadn't won the Quidditch Cup since Charlie was on the team. And Charlie oh, wow. is Fred, George, and Ron's brother. I don't know why I went Fred and George. Because <laughs> you love um, Fred and I the actually, best. I know. I was trying to look up what years Charlie was on the team. And the lexicon just said that he left Hogwarts sometime around 1990 to 91, which I would assume is 1990 because Harry starts Hogwarts in 91. Okay, so he was, they'd missed him by a year. Yeah, like, I guess he just didn't, he wasn't on the Quidditch team his last year at Hogwarts. So as the twins leave them, Draco and his goons come up behind him. His goons. Now that Crab and Goyle are at his flank, Stranko has a much braver <laughs> demeanor about himself. Harry is quick to point that out. Draco challenges Harry to a duel, and Ron basically steps in, um, and he just says that he'll be Harry's second. Uh, Draco decides that Crab will be his. Ron basically accepts the challenge for Harry, and Ron and Draco agree that the group will meet that night at midnight in the trophy room. That interaction. Like Harry, yeah, Harry has nothing to do with any of this. He's yeah. standing there. You'd be like, wizards still, I don't even know what that is. After the interaction ends, a confused Harry asks Ron <laughs> to explain exactly what he just agreed to. Ron explains that as Harry's second, he will fight for Harry if Harry dies <laughs> in this duel. He then quickly explains that Harry and Draco do not have enough knowledge to do that, and the most that they will be able to do is throw sparks at each other, and that'd be it. Yeah. And I really like this interaction. Um, Harry just says, what happens if I wave my, ro- my wand and nothing happens? And Ron just looks at him, just throw a punch at him. <laughs> just punch him. They are interrupted by none other then Hermione Granger. She obviously listened into their conversation yes, with Draco. Of course. I can't help but overhear. <laughs> she tries to tell them that they really shouldn't be wandering the castle after curfew. Ron immediately brushes her off and bids her goodbye. 
Ron, Ron's reaction to Hermione throughout this entire book yes. is one of my favorites. Oh my god, it's great. Yeah, I think especially I, f- I feel like in my section um, that's coming up, you just see the exact personalities of the trio and even of of Neville in this like little section. Like it just displays them really well. Yeah, Ron was making me laugh in this when I was listening to this section. At half past 11, Ron and Harry make their way out of the common room and towards the trophy room. Lo and behold, none <laughs> other than Hermione of course. is following them. <laughs> Scolding Harry, mainly, she's kind of ignoring Ron, for actually going through with this duel. They don't listen to her and tell her to go back to the common room, but she has a bit of a problem. Uh-oh. The fat lady is nowhere to be found, and sh- Hermione has no way into the common room, so... She just follows them. <laughs> and this is much to uh, much to Ron's dismay, yeah. of course. As they continue to make their way to the trophy room, they run into none other than Neville. Of course. And he has been stuck outside of the common room for hours just because he doesn't know the new password. So oh, he's just Neville. been kind of roaming. <laughs> and since he had no way in, he just followed them too. <laughs> which was increasingly just infuriating for Ron. He even threatens them that, you know, I don't know what he said, but he just threatens them if if they got them caught. Yeah, he said something like, I'll learn how to do the bogey hex on you, oh, that yeah. Professor Coral. And then Hermione was like, about to tell him. <laughs> and Harry's just like, shh. <laughs> like, no, thank you. Let's, let's not go down this road. <laughs> Gotta love Hermione. They finally make it to the trophy room, and they are met with no one. They wait a bit, and just as they are about to begin to think that Draco chickened out, they hear Filch talking to Mrs. Norris. They're in here somewhere. Harry attempts to quietly lead the group out of the room, but Neville knocks something Uh, over. Oh, Neville. So then they have to resort to running as fast as possible. They find one of the many secret passageways in the school and lose Filch, thankfully. Hermione takes this opportunity to make it clear that Draco tricked them and was only challenging them to get them in trouble. And their luck runs out when Peeves finds them. Ron being Ron in this entire section, very rudely tells Peeves to leave. Come on, Ron. Seriously, you're, oh you're not in the pa- like the place of power here. Yeah. Which is a huge mistake. Peeves begins Peeves begins to yell, Students out of bed! Oh gosh, my heart would drop. So the four of them proceed to run for their lives. <laughs> but they are caught by a dead end and a locked door. And then they can hear Filch's footsteps approaching. Ron, full of dramatics, just moans, This is the end! We're done for! And then Hermione... Rolling her eyes, pushes him aside, steals Harry's wand, and whispers at the door, Alohomora. I like the movie. She goes, oh, move over. (laughs) (laughs) I just like how she stole Harry's wand. I guess she didn't have hers on it. She must have not had it. Yeah. Uh, I I just find that funny. The door unlocks and the four of them rush inside. Filch is greeted by Peeves, who says who stays true to himself and offers Filch no information, and leaves in a whoosh. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are too focused to listen, f- too focused on listening through the door to see where Filch is to notice why Neville is trying to get their attention. 
The three of them eventually turn around and they're faced with a monstrous dog with three heads. Ooh, it was giant and it filled the entire space of the room they were in. Which wasn't even room. It's a corridor, you know? Right. <laughs> That's true. But I thought this was interesting because basically the three-headed dog, it comes into literature quite often, um, kind of originating in Greek mythology mm-hmm. as the dog that, um, the three-headed dog that guards the underworld. So it's just fun when you see him. The The myth mythological creature is called a Cerberus. Yeah. Mm. So she pulls a lot from Greek mythology too. Yeah. She pulls a lot from Latin and from Greek classics just to kind of kind of build her world. Okay. They were in the Forbidden Corridor on the third floor. A face between the monster dog and Filch, they choose Filch. Thankfully, he was nowhere to be found when they left the room, and they scurried themselves back to their common room. When they reached the common room, the fat lady thankfully was there, but she did scold them as Harry panted the password to to her okay so once back into the common room they have a moment to breathe they're calm enough to question why the heck there is a giant (laughs) three-headed dog at their school for real and hermione once again rolls her eyes snapping at them saying that they do not use their eyes properly and that the dog was standing on top of a trap door that he was guarding something of course hermione noticed that something to think about and then the huffy hermione proceeds to state her famous line i hope you're pleased with yourselves we could have got killed or worse expelled ron is exasperated with hermione but harry is just a little too busy connecting the clues that she just provided him and he now officially knows where that package that him and hagrid got from green ended up Ooh, harry's smart I would have been like, I don't think I would have made the connection. Me neither. I mean, Hermione gave him some clues. True. You had a good section. You had a lot. (sighs) I didn't have a lot of cool questions to ask you. But if it's your first week at Hogwarts, which class do you think you'd be the most excited about? Ooh. Let's see. So we have... We had astronomy... No, I'll pass. <laughs> Herbology, history of magic, charms, and transfiguration. Oh, definitely transfiguration. 100%. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I want them all. Yeah, obviously I would want them all, but yeah, I had I, to pick one. I like herbology, but I think also charms would be really fun. I think that has a lot of cool things you could do. Like help. I feel like I would really like potions, but I really don't like oh, Snape, so. Yeah, that would just be, like, one of those classes that just gives you anxiety every day. You're like, oh my god, I have to go to this class. I know. Plus, it's in the dungeons, and I am just perpetually cold. I'd have to wear All the time. So which professor would be, like, I guess just knowing what we know about them, who would be someone that you would want to go to their class? Just by the teacher, I think. Like Joni says, she would not want to go to potions because of Professor Snape. Yeah. Yeah. Who's someone you would want to go to class because of them? I think Professor McGonagall, even though she's 
like intimidating and stern. I feel like sh- I I always appreciated the teachers that um, pushed me and yeah, same. did it in a way that I felt like I was learning something. And I feel like she's that kind of teacher. Yeah. Um, that I would remember after school. I remember going through school. The best relationships I had with teachers were the ones that a lot of people were just like, they're mean. I'm like, they're not mean. You just have to try and like, they'll like work with you really yeah. well. Yeah, that makes sense. Did everyone pick a teacher? Uh, like I think a, we all a Hogwarts McGonagall. teacher? Yeah, okay. McGonagall. Okay. Um, my question for Priscilla: What was your first impression of Snape? Snape. Um, my first Severus impression of Snape. <laughs> <laughs> my first impression of Severus Snape. He was the basically just like for me. He was like the villain. Yeah. He was like oh yeah a terrible person. That was my first impression of him. For me, it was like, this is going to be the guy that's going to make Harry's life miserable. Yeah. And basically be involved in everything that goes wrong for Harry. <laughs> and his, like, way of, like, how Laura said, speaking to his, or about his, um, I almost said children. His, uh, <laughs> his students Student. is like, you know, you wouldn't think that a professor would, you know, should. Yeah. I just hit my yeah. mic, sorry. I think one of... My most frustrating things about with Snape is as a teacher, you're supposed to be a safe space for your students, at least create a safe space for your students, and he does the exact opposite. Right. Exactly. The students are just fearing him. Yeah. And to me, it's kind of like, do they not like, I don't know, I guess Hogwarts is not like the same as like any other school, obviously, but like, do they not like get the people that are like Dumbledore like how does he not know that or that how does he going on. yeah like how does he do you just like run a school and like you don't realize that you have a professor that's <laughs> basically having his students fear him and like is the way that he is I don't know to me I'm just like what like how is this still happening but obviously it's a story so yeah. you gotta go with it yeah my other question is how do you think you would be at flying how good do you think you'd be? Oh, my God. Flying? I'd be terrible. I would probably <laughs> be like Neville. Honestly. I would be so bad. A hundred percent. I don't so think that I... Like, or I could... Build me an airplane and I got you. Yeah. And I'll just be a passenger on the airplane. You can fly it. <laughs> I will exactly. not. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, no. How about you guys? Well, something that I've learned about myself is that I have kind of like a fear of heights. I love roller coasters, but in a roller coaster, I have no, I, I don't control it. Yeah. I just sit and enjoy it. But if it's like, I remember like we would go to North Carolina a lot during the summers and then we would go, go on a mountain or whatever and see like sightseeing and stuff. I remember there was one where you had to like climb up stairs um, to like get to like this ledge and it's really high up and you could see between the stairs oh i was just like no (laughs) the thoughts of those stairs just falling and then i or like the thought of me somehow magically slipping but slipping between those cracks yeah like no i can't carry myself up and i can't like climb also i'd get like scared climbing a tree so i think 
I would be okay. I don't yeah, have a I don't fine. have a fear of heights like in high school with cheerleading. Like I would let yeah. them try any kind of trick with me in the air. I'd be like I'd always oh, want to yeah, be the you were guinea a flyer. pig. And I was just like, Yeah, just tell me what to do and just toss me, but please just catch me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean there were things that scared me. I think if I got used to flying on a broom, I would eventually really like it. Yeah, I just don't think I would feel stable on it. Yeah. Do you guys ever cycle i haven't in a really long time i have but i don't like do it yeah so like i have we have a we bought an exercise bike this year and that thing gets so uncomfortable (laughs) i'll be on that for 30 minutes and i'll be like oh my god like (laughs) sitting on it yeah yeah i took a cycling class and my friend wanted me to go with her so i'd go and it was just this intense sit up Sit down. Sit up. Sit down. Oh, and I'm like, gosh. okay, this is starting to hurt. I've never done one like that. No, that's, those are, I'm sure those are intense, but those are good workout. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's, that's how. that's an actual seat. Yeah. Getting used to, if that's how getting used to flying on a broom is. Yeah. Do we ever find out if Hermione ever gets good on a broom in this book? I don't I think don't we really do. I think so. Honestly, I don't know what really happens. Is flying lessons a it sounds like it's a one-time thing. It's not a regular class. Yeah. Are you yeah. literally just there to be like, here's the basics? Because it was like it's literally just there for the interaction and to get Harry on the on the team. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I guess. Yeah, because I mean, I don't hear of them flying ever again. <laughs> I think in the books, it's like maybe two or three classes, but that's it. It's just like an extra class. So I guess we'll yeah. say that they all learned somehow. So most valuable wizard. I'm going to say Neville because he went through a lot. Oh, okay? he did. He went through a lot. And poor guy. He just couldn't catch a break. And I'm on his side. Seriously. So that's who is going to be for me this episode. Boils. Broken, broken wrist, wrist. Falling off a freaking broomstick. And then oh a three-headed gosh. dog. Stuck in the corridor. Oh, yeah. yeah. For hours. hours. Yeah. He said Bloody Baron kept passing him. He was like so freaked out about that. And then a three-headed dog. Like somehow he made it through all that. I would have been like, please take me home. This is his first week. Yes. That's That's hard. Yeah. And grandma, all you could send me was a remember all. (laughs) Exactly. I can't remember what I forgot. We never know what it was. We never find out. That was a good one. Who is yours, Joni? I'm trying to think. I really like McGonagall. I like that she gave him that that little moment. I think that's like more the magical moment. Probably Ron. He's so rude in this like section, but perfect humor. Yeah. Yeah, I like Ron's humor. It's Ron to a T. I think Ron made me laugh the most in these sections. I was going to say Hermione, but Hermione opening that lock is why they ran into the three-headed dog. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. also why they didn't get in trouble with Filch. Yeah. And that also right. why they found out there was a three-headed dog and then ultimately... Oh, uh, yeah. She just... Yeah. She helped The trap door and stuff. Yeah. She helped Harry piece it together. So good job, Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So most magical moments. I'll have to agree with uh, Joni on that because that's what I was thinking about is when... I don't know if that's what you were saying, but when uh, yeah. Professor McGonagall basically looks at Harry and talks and says, your dad would be proud of you. Yeah. So that's, sweet. 
That was a very sweet moment. Very magical. Yeah. I think it's a really important moment for Harry. Yeah. Because he just doesn't, he doesn't get that. Never in his life has he ever gotten that you're just like your dad. You're just like your mom. You know, he literally grew up in his mom's sister home and still he never heard anything like that. Mm -hmm. Anything about his parents. And that's probably the first time anyone's ever been like, you're just like your dad, you know, like for 11 years, you know, so that's definitely a meaningful moment. Yours too, Jenny. That's yours. Yeah. Same, but I even go back a little farther when Harry gets on the broom and he goes up to, he goes after Draco and he's like, wow, I didn't even have to learn this. You know, he's had a tough week and he finally found something that he ends up really enjoying and he doesn't have to. He's a natural. A natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I was happy for him when I read that. I was like, yay, Harry. I was like tearing him on. Because <laughs> it's like a moment where you're like, oh my gosh. He's like, you know, he can do it. So I only had one one fun fact for you. It was actually a fun fact for me too. I didn't know it till today. Severus Snape's name inspiration. It was in a tweet of J.K. Rowling's. She posted a picture of a street sign of Severus Road. She said she walked past the sign on her way back, uh, on her way to work when she was living in Clapham. From the way the tw- tweet was written, it sounded like that was like the time when she was like writing or coming up with the story. And she was just like, hmm, I wonder, like she didn't realize that that was why Severus came into her mind. And then she was like, oh, I pass by the street every day. Like that's Oh, uh, Interesting. Severus Snape. Dumbledore. <laughs> I had to restrain myself from doing that when you did that earlier. No, I, I did it in my head. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that video. Um, Well, not just like a few months ago for the first time after I had already started reading the first book. It's yeah. funny. We were on stream and everyone's like, you guys haven't seen that video. So we did like a reaction video. Yeah. Sorry text me and she was like hey if you're not busy they're about to watch this harry potter youtube video and i'm like i know exactly what video (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's all she had to say that's funny so we also met madam hooch oh yeah she was a new character she was a new character and like you said i love the cat i love the casting for a lot of the characters in the movies but when you describe madam hooch again that's exactly yeah, the actress, at least how they made her look. Yeah, yeah. they did a good job. Bosho. Um, I only wrote Snape and Hooch. Did we meet anyone else new? No, I mean, we met, we encountered, or I guess met Hagrid's Fang. We met Fang. Yeah. The drooly boarhound. Yeah, the boarhound. Oh my god. Guys, guys. What? My cat <gasps> is using the cat tower. Oh, I see. Wait, him. I don't. Oh, in the bottom? Right there. Is this he has not never use happen. No. He never uses it? No, the, the, the child uses it more. <laughs> the child. The child. Just got it for Christmas, Yeah, Roxas right? climbs. Yeah. He climbs from the couch onto it. It's probably like, because he thinks it's Roxas. We've, we've tried putting him on it. Oh. Uh, Aw, yay, Timo. He's, he's a big boy. I know. He takes up so much of my bed. Does he like wait for you to go to bed to go up with you? Yeah, that's why he's down here. 
Oh, that's sweet. He's like, Mom. He's like, Mom. Not in bed right now. You've been going to bed so early. Yeah, that's Bella. That's going to be Bella when I walk in the room right now. She's going to be like, Mm. looking at me all crazy like what are you doing walking in here this late she's probably on my side of the bed on my pillow that's probably where she's at right now what else did i mean is that everything that um we you want to talk about right i think so that's it okay we're trying really hard like we when we listen back to the episodes we're just like crap it's really hard for sissy and i to switch off the mode of like or get into the mode of like you don't know everything yeah i'll listen back and i'm like why did you say that laura like just shush just stop yeah and it's (laughs) it's such a it's a it's a different mindset for us because we've spent so many years just talking about harry potter and like dissecting every little thing and like referencing from like all the books yeah so like these little things it's like like, hold back yeah, yeah and some of but I, we, we want like, you to experience it, like, you know, for the first it's time. It's hard to remember that, like, oh, you haven't read that part yet. Like, oh, you don't know what that is yet. And <laughs> and that's okay, because when you yeah. do, it's amazing, and everything clicks, and it's like... Everything comes together. Yeah. Yeah, we just don't want to mess that up for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Although I probably haven't picked up on anything, but... I know, I'm just like, <laughs> so don't if worry. we never mention it again, she might not remember okay yeah probably (laughs) you're probably right (laughs) okay so this wraps up episode five if you enjoyed what you heard be sure to check us out on apple podcasts and spotify send us a follow leave a review if you can and if you would like to connect with us outside of the podcast and kind of get to know us a little more we are on our socials instagram and facebook unveiling the magic yep Thanks so much for listening. Yes, thank you again for joining us this week. It's a late night, but hopefully we didn't sound too (laughs) too tired. It is later than usual for us, guys. So forgive us if we sound a little bit sleepy, but we wanted to get this done. But we're learning and we're super excited for you guys to join us on this journey. Yeah. Because this week we officially release, even though this is the fifth episode, once again. <laughs> yeah, we officially launch in three days. Yay! <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Okay. Until next time. Mischief managed. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Then we end. Then, oh my god, <laughs> you did it again. You were, you were doing fine. You were doing so well. I just don't get the sentence. Like when I read it, you need to put a comma okay, in there. Okay, I think you need to start over and just put a freaking. Uh, look, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for yes, you. You do it. Joni loves hitting her microphone. I know too. She I know. Really, I listen to it all the time when I'm editing. What you hitting you your hitting microphone? Your microphone. I'm sorry. (laughs) Or touching it. I think my cat was laying in this freaking shawl thing. So my nose is going nuts. Are you usually like, does your cat usually make you? Yeah, it can get pretty bad. It's usually my eyes, though. Really? What eyes? (laughs) I think you need to take that blanket off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm almost done. 
Her cat is killing her. <laughs> How do you still have this cat? Because I love him. Aww. And it's, it's, he was Kurtz. <laughs> but she would choose a cat for a pet. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Stop rubbing your just, eyes. I know. Literally, you're rubbing your eyes, which is worse. With your infected <laughs> fingers. Sorry. Where was I? <laughs> the three turned around and her face with a monstrous dog.